come from the conversation we're about to have. So hi. Hi. <laughs> now before we get into the questions, one thing I'm really perplexed by, what is an Archdeacon? Before I get into the answer, let me say, I'm really delighted to be with you this morning. Uh, it's lovely to be here. I haven't been here actually for a service uh, of this kind before, so it's great to be here among you sharing your worship this morning. Um, I apologise that I'm not robed. Uh, there was a slight miscommunication, I think. But, um, it's my fault, basically. It, it's nobody's fault, but I'm delighted not to be robed because I'm much cooler than the rest of these guys, so that's good. And, and I'm really pleased to be here this morning to talk about Partnership for Missional Church. Um, I don't think I'm going to answer the question about what is an archdeacon, because I've been an archdeacon for nearly five years, and I don't think I've figured it out yet. So, so bear with me on that. Um, but think about it perhaps as being the person that rushes around with a little dustpan and brush, sweeping things up. <laughs> okay, that sounds fascinating. That begs more questions, but we haven't got time for that. Okay, so maybe I should say this, because... Um, the first question is really around this horrible phrase, partnership for missional church, because I, I've never really understood it. I can say this now because we've been three years of training, but it's never really helped me. It, it took the group, you know, there was four of us in our group, John, uh, Joe, and Clive and I. It took us about a year to try and figure out what this is all about. So what is the PMC thing as far as you're concerned? I think the, the name PMC is a little bit difficult, actually. Um, I call it something else. Um, Call it um, Seeking God or something like that. Um, Partnership for Missional Church is a bit of a mouthful. It comes from the other side of the Atlantic. Let's not worry about that. Um, Partnership for Missional Church, I would say the big mistake people make about it is they think it's about mission action planning or they think it's about a, a program uh, which a church gets into to, um, to work on, uh, to plan, to make something happen. PMC isn't really about that at all. It's, it's more like an attitude. It's more like a change of mindset. It's something to do with trying to really stop and, um, and settle and discern what God is saying to us through scripture and through the people that we meet out there, wherever we meet them, um, and about uh, trying to work out what God is doing among us and then to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit and see where it takes us. So it's very different from um, the, the thing which we have been doing in this diocese for quite a while called mission action planning, uh, which tends to be much more uh, based on how a business plan might be put together um, with aims and objectives and uh, an evaluation and all the rest of that, and of course a budget to go with it. So does that, does that start to answer the question? Yeah, sort of, yeah. Uh, okay, so, so why do we need some special program to do this? Shouldn't we be doing this anyway? Absolutely we should. It should be absolutely at the heart of what we do. But sometimes I think we get, um, we get a little anxious in our churches um, about seeing results. And I think God's saying to us through PMC, just relax. Um, at the very heart of PMC are six uh, spiritual practices and I know that you have had contact with those through these three years of, um, of being a part of PMC. And you may or may not realize that you've been doing that, but one of the spiritual practices, which is really fundamental, is called dwelling in the Word. Now, dwelling in the Word is about taking a passage of Scripture uh, and sitting with it for quite a period of time. And in the PMC process, we take one passage for the whole of a year, don't we? Mm. And then 
uh, in uh, August or whatever it is, we kind of breathe, breathe a sigh of relief and say, we've run that one dry, we're going to move <laughs> on to the next one. So we've only looked yes. at three passages of scripture in the whole of the EMC mm. process. Mm. But the idea is that um, it's not just like a kind of reinvented Lectio Divina. It's much more subtle than that, because in dwelling in the word, we read the passage of scripture and we immerse ourselves in it and try to just notice what God is saying to us through it. But then we find somebody else and share with them what God has been saying to us and listen to what they're saying. And we allow ourselves to be challenged by what they're saying. And then when we report it back, we report what our, which our, our listening partner has been saying, not what we've been saying. And that, over time, leads us into really listening to each other. And that, I think, is something we're not very good at in churches sometimes. We often listen to the person who's standing up the front with the microphone, but actually the wisdom of God is among you. It's among all of us. And we have to listen each other into the wisdom of God. So that practice of dwelling in the word is really fundamental. And it's followed up by the second practice, which is called dwelling in the world. And dwelling in the world is about being out there in our everyday Monday to Saturday lives and just noticing what God's up to. Noticing the coincidences. Noticing where the goodness is. Noticing uh, what PMC calls the people of peace. And they may not be Christians, they may not be from around here, but somehow in what they're saying or doing, they're encapsulating something of God's goodness. And those people are really important because God is already out there working through them. We often think uh, that it, it, it's up to us to take the gospel out. Actually, the gospel's already there. People may not have heard it as that, but it's being worked out in the world through God's generosity and God's action everywhere and our job is to attune ourselves it's like sharpening up our antenna to uh, to work out what God is up to so those two things are really important okay well let's talk a bit more about that because the working title that our team came up with for BMC was spot what God is up to and then just join in okay that was our kind of so it's not a million miles away from what you're saying no. but, but that's easy to say okay so spot what God is up to how do you do that well, I think the first thing to do is to, what, God, what Jesus is always telling us to do, let, let those who have ears hear, let those who have eyes see. It's about really being aware. And, uh, and I mean, I speak for myself, I spend a lot of my time stumbling through every day just trying to get the stuff done and not actually uh, being, not actually perhaps trusting enough that God is already at work mm. and not being present enough in the moment to notice what God's doing. So I think it's about changing the way that we live our lives, really. It's very profound. Mm. But really trying to, um, to be alert to God every moment of the day. Okay, because one of the things we found as a group was that um, when you kind of open yourself to God, as it were, coincidences start to happen. You know, the weirdest things happen. And then you look back and go, well, maybe was that meant to happen? I mean, is that your experience? Or? Absolutely, yes, okay. yes. And, and um, often I've not noticed them as coincidences until I've started to think about it and then thought, oh, that was a bit weird. <laughs> I wonder what God's up to. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, so how do you kind of decide you know, whether it is just you going quietly insane or whether things are happening and you are spotting things? Because there's it, a fine line between the two, really. I think in relation to this uh, idea of people of peace, 
Um, we're, we're English, and, and we tend to be reticent. Um, there's something about noticing and then stepping forward and actually having a conversation, rather than hanging back and thinking, hmm, I wonder what's going on. So, so the, uh, there's something about the, the, um, the engagement with the world around us uh, in our everyday lives that, that I think PMC is encouraging. And it's through the stepping forward and the saying to somebody, might be at the bus stop, you know, I noticed you were talking about that, excuse me, I hope you don't mind me butting in, and being prepared for a rude answer, but, you know, um, you know, I wonder if you'd like to say a bit more about that, that was really interesting. Or you might find yourself um, sitting next to somebody at a, I don't know, a church lunch or something, uh, somebody from the outside who might have just come in and, uh, and listening to what they're saying and then suddenly realising that actually they're saying something important that might have a real relevance for what God is up to. And just stepping forward into the space and saying, tell me more about that. Okay, so we seem to be saying some things that actually are quite subversive. Uh, one of them is, it doesn't really matter what goes on in this church building, because God's outside the church building. <laughs> and God is doing amazing stuff in the world, and we need to get our detective sort of magnifying glasses out and start looking for it. And that's quite shocking, because we spend a lot of our time thinking it's all happening here. And actually, you're, you seem to be suggesting that it, it isn't. It's actually being happening elsewhere. What happens here is of vital importance, because here God is worshipped, and we gather to worship God on a Sunday, perhaps during the week, uh, and here is where we listen hard to what God is saying in our hearts uh, and as we, as we engage with each other as the Christian community. So don't, don't ever think that what we do here isn't important. But what, but what we do here isn't important unless we go out and then we do something in the world and we, and we listen and we notice God in the world because God isn't just confined to buildings. Mm. And that, that leads me on to one of the other spiritual practices, which is hospitality. And I know that in your 2020 um, uh, plans, you've got some fantastic plans for opening up this church uh, as a place of hospitality to the community, and that's really, really important. Um, so using the building that we have, or the plant that we have, to invite people and make them feel welcome uh, and be hospitable is really, really important. Uh, that hospitality isn't just about pouring cups of tea that aren't half cold, though. <laughs> it's about an attitude. Um, and the attitude of hospitality is an attitude of openness and being prepared both to give hospitality and receive it. So always being open to seeing Christ or God in the other person and to be, make yourself vulnerable to receiving their hospitality as well. Mm. Yeah, that, that sounds challenging. Looking for Jesus in other people, mm. looking for God in other people. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. When you go to churches, you must go to a lot of churches being an archdeacon, whatever an archdeacon is, but you know, you must see a lot of people. How do you get a sense for what's going on when you go into a church, whether, you know, whether they're switched off or whether they're switched on or somewhere in the middle? That's a really interesting question. There are a lot of churches that think they're very good at welcoming people. Um, and I can tell within a few minutes whether the church really is good at welcoming people. And it's not just about the, uh, the smiley person at the door uh, who gives you a book and tells you where to sit. Um, it's about the welcome that you get in a church is about a whole feeling that's within the church. And it's about a feeling of people really being engaged and interested in you. 
not just as you know, another bum to sit on a pew, but as a person and interested in who you are and, and what God is doing in you. Um, and, and that spiritual curiosity about each other, not just each other in this congregation, but anybody who comes in uh, is a really key part of that. And I, I think that you, you can tell in churches whether there is that spiritual curiosity or not. Mm. Okay. And this just reminds me of, uh, well, you know about the Sherlock Holmes thing, you know about that, don't you? The whole point of that was to get people to be detectives. So I, I'm curious as to how we get these guys to be detectives, spiritual detectives. Do you have any hints and tips as to what they could do to spot the clues that God is at work? I think it all starts from inside us. Um, because, uh, because it isn't just about going out and doing something. It's about cultivating inside us that sense of curiosity about what God's up to. Because when we're really curious about that, we'll want to go out and spot the clues. Our eyes will be open in a different way. So I come back to what I said at the beginning, that, that PMC isn't really something you go and do so much as something that transforms the way that you are and the way that you understand God and God's action in the world. And I think a lot of us, actually, have days when we are functional atheists. Um, we don't really believe that God is alive and active in the world. We might say that we do, but actually deep down we don't really believe that. Um, and I think PMC encourages us to get beyond that and to think uh, in a different way, and to feel in a different way about the liveliness of God in the world and the ever-presentness of God in the world and the absolute investment that God has in God's world, uh, uh, working through God's church, not only this church, but any other church around the place, because wherever uh, Christians are gathered together, God is there. But also, God created the world because God loves the world, and God works consistently and constantly through people and through creation and through everything to bring all things into fullness in Christ. And that's, that's the plan. That's God's plan. And we just have to work out how we fit into it. Uh, and to join in. It's aligning ourselves uh, with that, um, that wonderful uh, uh, action and energy of God. Okay, so, so we've been doing this for three years, well, some of us have, uh, and I'm just wondering what do we do next? Because all the, all the sessions are finished now, and we're kind of sat as a group thinking, well, okay, so how do we keep the conversation going? And you said something interesting when we chatted about this. You said, we are yeast. And I thought, what on earth? Is that some kind of deep mystical saying? You know, do you want to explain what that means? Well, it's pretty mystical, actually. It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, three years of PMC and then what? I think that's a really interesting question. There are six spiritual disciplines, which I would entirely commend to you. I've named three of them. The other three are spiritual discernment. And that's about um, noticing uh, what God's up to in our own lives and in the lives of people in our congregation, people around us. Um, announcing the kingdom is the fifth one and that means not only noticing what God's up to but telling other people about it so coming into church perhaps on a Sunday prepared to tell each other what you've seen God up to during the week because that's of enormous encouragement and if we do that enough we can get a sense of what God's saying to us through that mm -hmm. and then the last one is a focus it's called a focus for missional action um, and that means just reorienting ourselves around what we're hearing God is saying 
um, so that we don't just carry on with business as usual, but that we find that we are joining in with the mission of God. Um, so that's quite a long answer. You know, what do we do next? Um, but I think embedding those six spiritual practices into the life of a congregation can be absolutely transformative. And so, you know, the PMC three years mm. may have gone by, and it's gone jolly quickly, actually. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean the thing is finished. That's just the beginning. Um, and the idea of being yeast is that we who've been blessed by that and who've gained some uh, perhaps little insight from it about how God is working in our lives and in the lives of the congregation and in the lives of the town and wherever we go and work and play and, uh, um, and have our lives outside of the church, that we should be able to be transformative in some way. Um, not because we're super holy and can go and do something, but because we can be kind of catalytic uh, in enabling God's energy um, to actually have a, make a difference in the world through uh, the questions that we ask and through our curiosity and through the interest that we have in those around us and through our willingness to bring everything that we've learned back to the church so that the church can focus more on what God wants and less on what we think we ought to do. And if you ever find that you're using the word ought, I should advise you immediately to stand back and look at what you've said. Because our God, I believe, is not a God of oughts and musts and shoulds. And some of the way that we are in church makes us think that that is actually the kind of God that we worship. But the God that I worship um, and I hope we all worship, is a God who nudges us and hints and is quite subtle and blows through us um, with words of comfort and inspiration. That word comes from the word breeze or wind um, and, uh, and shows us the way and encourages us but never stands behind us with a big stick beating us in a particular direction. Okay, I just want to ask you one more question, and then I'll, I will throw it out to you guys, so have a think about a question too. Um, this thing announcing the kingdom, again, a, a phrase I found difficult, but what I thought that meant was having God conversations, talking about God with each other. And we, we tried something here for about two months, where we had little bits of paper, and people could write in there, and it said, what has God been doing in your life this week? And people would write it up, and then it would come to the front, and you know, we'd, we'd summarise it, and we had a service where we played back some of the, uh, the comments. But, but, you know, because we're English, we don't tend to... We talk about football, football, World Cup... No, maybe not the World Cup, that's a bad topic. But possibly, you know, God is even more scary, isn't it? Why don't we talk about God when we're having coffee in, you know, after church? We, we tend to uh, avoid it almost because perhaps... I don't know, why, why is that, do you think? Why don't we have God conversation? I think we're very reticent about that, aren't we? I think we've, a lot of us have been brought up to think that religion is a very private thing. And just look at the way we're sitting. We're all sitting facing forward. Um, there are some churches where people sit in the round so that they don't just all face forward, uh, facing you know, the object of the holy adoration, but, but they face each other and they concentrate on seeing God in each other, perhaps with a central altar so that, so that they're looking through that. I think the way that we order our, our, um, our seating arrangements in church is very uh, indicative of the reticence that we feel about sharing God with each other. But it would be very interesting, wouldn't it, if, uh, if when we got to coffee after the service, we felt that was almost a continuation of what we've been experiencing uh, in the service, 
and, uh, and noticing what God's doing in our hearts. And if, you know, the first thing we said to each other after we'd said, how are you and how's the cat, uh, would be to, to say uh, to each other, what, what's God been up to in your life this week? You know, what have you got to be thankful for uh, to God this, about this week? That can be a huge conversation opener, actually, because when we think about it, you know, that's the opportunity then to pour out the deep things that are inside us, rather than staying on the superficial um, ch- uh, chatting level, which has its place, uh, and there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no harm in that at all. It's good, it's the way that we have our social glue, isn't it? But, but actually, just to maybe think about how we could uh, ask slightly deeper questions of each other, and listen carefully to the answer, and listen the person that we are talking to into speaking freely about their experience of God. Okay. Anyone got any questions? Put your hand up. I'll, come, I'll try and go down with the mic. Any questions from anybody? This is your one chance of the year to do audience interaction, guys. Come on, make the most of it. Anybody? Microphone? Yeah, shall I? Yeah. So that was mm. fine. But, but actually, what was God doing? What is God doing through the World Cup? What's God doing through the experience of that young team that Gareth South- Southgate has led to extraordinary achievement? Uh, what have we noticed about the way they are together? And what have we noticed about the way the country is mm. reacting to them? Mm. And where's God in all of that? That's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, I find that fascinating, the way yeah. people have been moved away from looking at screens all the time and have, have, have come together as a community in the pubs or in people's houses or in Hyde Park or wherever it happens to be. That's been a really interesting thing, isn't it? Okay, let, let me just throw one question at you to, to summarise maybe the top two or three things that you want people to take away from this conversation. Oh, gosh, that's difficult. Um, right. Don't be anxious. Because God is alive and well and really, really active. Um, be curious, be curious about what God's doing, uh, what God's saying, and where God might be nudging or steering us. Um, and be hopeful, um, live, live optimistically and hopefully, because God has what PMC calls a promised and preferred future for this church. And for this church, not just the building, but this church, you. You who are the living stones. God has a, a preferred and promised future for you. Uh, and it's a question of just being attentive to it and, uh, and, and, and working out what it is through scripture and through each other and through people in the world that you encounter. God's active. Okay, I'll say amen to Thanks. Amen. Thanks very much, Olivia. Take glasses. Uh, yeah.